Welcome to another episode of the two-on-one podcast with Adam and Alex. Alex, we're back. Yeah, we're back. And in studio. When was the last time we did an in-studio podcast? Uh, before our reading week. Really? Yeah. I so, no, yeah, right after. No, no. Right after. That so was the last time. Around uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I think so. That's nuts, eh? Yeah. The weekend after Canadian Thanksgiving. Because then we learned about Skype. Yes. <laughs> you know, when, when I came into your house today, I told you, Alex, it feels like when you come back to high school after summer. Yeah. It feels very familiar. And nothing's changed. No. The Matthews picture is still on the floor. Uh, the Raptors one is up. The Raptors one is up. The TV's on. There's no baseball, which is okay. No, that sucks. I'm fine with that. Alex, we've got a busy show today. Um, oh. I think we're both going to yell about, you know, the Habs and Leafs, respectively. Yep. Um, but I will be positive about Montreal because they are on a point streak and had some good games. You're shaking nope, your head because nope, there's not absolutely me. nothing not positive me. to say about the Leafs. And don't I have nothing positive to I say have today. A, I have a bunch of tweets about the Leafs that I have ready um, okay, so to give I. you some more perspective. I have a really good one. I'm sure you have a few from, like, James Myrtle in that. I, I have, have one really good one from James Myrtle. I have some as well. So... But, of course, Alex, normally we start with the power hour, but first I want to quickly instead change it up a bit. Instead of starting with the power hour, we talk about read of the week. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Well, quickly before you do, read of the week, okay. of course, is our new opening segment where we just talk about uh, something we've read about sports in general. Probably will be hockey most of the time because we, are, of course, are massive hockey fans. That's what this podcast is. It's a hockey podcast. So, Alex, what is your read of the week this week? It's actually from The Athletic, so I hope you pay for it um, it's cheap it's really good it's from justin bourne which is always a good read uh it's actually about the leafs and well actually it's really about the lightning but he put the leafs in the title uh it's in trying to be ahead of the curve did the lightning and the leafs head too far down the skill road i saw this article i didn't read it but i thought it was very interesting. i thought it was real like it's it's something that's down my alley just because like i like looking at um skill versus toughness um and how you mix the two of them and i think this article kind of looks at how both these teams went too far down the skill road a little bit they might have of course we don't want to go through each of these articles because we want people to subscribe yeah 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 yeah. uh mine is also an athletic piece it's by eric i don't know how to say his last name so i feel really bad eric duhaschek I have it right here in front of my notes, Alex, if you can help me pronounce it. Uh, but, yeah, Eric Dushashek. I think you were closer the first time. All right. So, and he, of course, does a, a notebook where he talks about surprise, disappointments, and meaningful moments from the NHL's first corner, as well as an it is an athletic article, just like you. Uh, very interesting. It talks about disappointments from both teams and players. Of course, Tampa, Vegas, how they've been playing, Toronto as well. Players like Tyson Beery, how they've not been good. Surprises throughout each team in that. Uh, so yeah, I think I always love this kind of stuff. The yeah. look back of how the season's gone so far, and of course we are about the quarterway of the season now. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would recommend reading. Uh, a great read, I think. Uh, a really good re- recap overall of the season. So far. we don't have to pick hockey articles, right? No, we don't. Because I might go outside of the box next week. All right, that's good. Yes, yeah, so, hey, we should rename it because we do do two shows a week. Read of the bye week. Read of the bye week. 
kind of rhymes. That's a broken rhyme. I think you, you you call it that. Like they don't actually rhyme, but they kind of sound like it. It is legit a creative oh. writing technique I learned from one of my classes. But anyway, Alex, you know how we start the show normally. Yeah. Power it's Hour. The Power Hour presented by Still No One. Still Again, no one. we're working on it. That's our new byline, by the way. You ever notice? I think the Athletic has the best byline in sports. A new what? standard in sports journalism. Really? Yeah, I really like it. So I, I would say that, that Power Hour presented by no one. We're still working on that. Is a close second though. Until we're not working on it. Yeah. That's... Which you know, if you could get someone like the perfect sponsor to do the Power Hour, who do you think it would be? You know what? Like what's coming to my mind? Like you know those energy drinks? Like the five? The five? Like no? Like the five hour energy? Yeah. I just feel like they could put Power Hour on that, and it would still <laughs> work. By five hour energy. <laughs> There's a lot of news around the NHL, <sighs> and do you know what? To keep up with all of it, you need five hour energy. Exactly. See. We've already got it. So five hour energy. If you're listening, let us know. But anyway, uh, first of all, let's get some of the injuries out the way. Of course, uh, we're gonna save Matt Calvert for later, obviously. But first yeah. of all, our best wishes to TJ, DJ, TJ Brody, who in the Flames practice the other day had a seizure, uh, straight to the hospital, was released. But, of course, uh, people like Brian Berg have been giving their best wishes, so yeah, and we there, want to do the same. Yeah, there's no timetable for his return. and are not sure what actually caused it. But I'm assuming we'll, we'll find out more as the, uh, as the week or weeks go on. The Flames really need... They're in the top... People have been comparing them to the Leafs. But, of course, the Leafs being in Toronto has been on a much bigger scale. But, you know, Johnny Goudreau has been Johnny Goudreau. Uh, John Monaghan, the moment I said he was underrated, everyone's been giving him a lot of criticism. And, uh, unfortunately, TJ Brody's just another big piece of their loss. That just so. keeps happening with this podcast. We say, see, thi- we say things and the complete opposite happens. Did you see they got shelled by the Coyotes last night? Well, not last night, but yesterday? No, Three nothing. Kemper gets a shutout. Oh, I and I saw the. Oh, there was, do you yeah, see there the was a massive brawl? But do you see the David Riddick goal? Uh, not goal where where he tried dumping the puck. Oh no, I didn't you, see that. So he tried dumping the puck, but the Arizona guy was right there and he just swatted it right in. Oh, I'll fi- try to find out, send it to you. We'll, we'll I, keep going. I, I did see that there was the line. There was a bit yeah, of a yeah, scrap, yeah. and then the goalies got into it. I love goalie fights. Have, I love goalie fights. Have you ever seen the Tim? Not sorry, the Tim Thomas Carey Price fight. No. There was this famous but I heard game about it. where Montreal had like five players in the box, same with the Bruins. The benches were cut in half. And um, at one point, Price and Tim Thomas just say, you want to go? Just for the sake of it. Yeah. Really good fight. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, I just sent it to you, the the goal. The goal? Okay. Yeah, my favorite goalie fight, it's really biased because I, I don't really see a lot of them. But <laughs> this was a preseason game. That's the best part of it. It was uh, Ryan Miller and Jonathan <laughs> Bernier. And I just remember it all going down. I'm pretty sure it was the same game that uh, David Carson got suspended. But I'm not 100% sure on that one. I, I, I just look you at see the David British play. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> that is pretty brutal. That's a really, that's a dang it is one of the top That guys. is a dang it. It is a dang it. But you know what's not a dang it? Uh, Connor McDavid? I wasn't going to say Connor, no. I was going to say oh. those Coyote jerseys. I love the Kachina. They're, they're nice jerseys. And I just because when we get to Matt Calvert, we're gonna end that Colorado Vancouver. I also want to say now another great jersey, that Vancouver one. Yeah. Just keep it. It's, it's so, so nice. nice. It is very nice. I like it. Uh, how about the Colorado jersey? The um, the, the winter. It's not the Winter Classic. The state, whatever it's called. I have haven't you actually seen, seen it yet. 
you should I'll find it. All right. You continue, I'll find it for you. Um so instead I want to talk about the players individual stuff after okay. we do okay. some of this stuff. Um okay. Sidney Crosby is out a minimum of six weeks. He decided to go with the surgery now for his sports hernia. Uh, right decision. And Gino Malkin so far has been a god. As yeah, he always yeah. does with Sidney Crosby go that. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. Well, I mean we talked about it we talked about it uh last episode. Uh, about what they would have to do without Sidney Crosby, and obviously we were both. I was proved wrong. Somehow we forgot that every single time Sidney Crosby goes down, Evgeny Malkin reminds he us. He plays that he better is, when Sidney Crosby's not there, which like is the amazing because he's a fi- he can score fifty goals. Can Evgeny Malkin? Oh yes, it's ridiculous. Yes, um, but of course, I good for the Pens. They're off to a good start without G without Sidney Crosby. Um, of course, we're going to get to that a little later. And currently, Alex, you've just sent me this jersey, so I'll get it up. The Colorado one, obviously. Colorado have, some, have had some really mixed jerseys. Do you like this one? I, oh, no. No, I, I like it. I do not like it. I like it. I like it. I don't. It's it's weird. If you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, it's the bottom half is, is the maroon, the top <clears> half is the blue, and then there's like the A with a mountain at the top of it, and the A goes straight to the neck. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like I, it. I like it. But anyway. I mean, I'm not going to buy one, but. Oh, of course not. <laughs> I don't know. Do you buy a lot of, like, specialty jerseys? I bought, I got the Winter Classic, like the Leafs Winter Classic one. Yeah. That's the only one. I've always wanted to get Montreal's one from the uh, the 2014 one against the Bruins. Okay. It's a really nice jersey. Um, Am I biased? Yes, but. Uh, by oh, the way, yeah. breaking news from player safety. Oscar Sundquist will have a hearing today for charging against Anaheim's John Gibson. I, I didn't, didn't see it last happened. night. I didn't see it last night. I'll find it. All right. Um, did you know that Zach Boychuk is a fan of the show? He's not. Oh, for he though, he's liked not, the one picture. For those of you who don't know, Zach Boychuk, former NHLer. I don't know how somebody can spend as much time on social media liking <laughs> and following people like Zach Boychuk does. So I know he likes one of our posts. Yeah, he did. He probably doesn't know what it is. He probably doesn't listen to the show. If he does, give us a shout-out, Zach. But that was so weird when I, because I just love going on to our Instagram page and just like messing around, like just yeah. you know just leaving comments to try and get it going. But I just see likes. I'm like, wait, what? Zach Boychuk? What? Yeah, man. Zach. Oh, Zach. Come on the show. Why not? Um, Alex, one more. We're gonna be a little serious later on with um the Ron, the Don oh, Ron McLean stuff I found the end of the show. It. I found it. But I'll send it to you. Um, I just want to say one thing, Alex. Normally, I try not to swear, but I need to swear on this occasion. I want to say, fuck cancer. Oh. I want to give a shout-out to Oliver ekman Larson, who is um, one of the... I've talked about Vlad Tarasenko being one of those... My favorite player to is in the half, and Oliver ekman Larson is one of them. And last night, of course, um, Hockey Night... Sorry, Hockey Fights Cancer is obviously um, the big thing in the NHL right now, as it always is around this time of the year. And um, they had... The Coyotes signed this, this young fan... For a one-day thing, came brought her out to drop the puck in the game last night against the Flames. And Oliver Ekman-Larsen, actually, he says, all right, give me the puck. Gives her the stick to take the face off. Let's her oh, win that's it. cool. Mark Giordano sells it like a champ. He's a class act. So just complete class from both Teams, the Flames yeah. and the Yotes. Um, just, yeah. I, I know we always say it when stuff like this happens, but hockey players are just the best, aren't they? They are. But, oh boy, and I am, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the video you just sent me is not available. I will try and find it. But anyway, it is it is yeah. the West, and we don't care about the West. I'm kidding, ladies and gentlemen, but yeah. I'm sure 
once news about that suspension happens, we will talk about it. But um, that'll probably be next episode. It's nice that news is coming out as the show has started instead of afterwards. Well, I mean, we pick like the best time, like right in the middle of the day. That's yeah. when everything happens. I can't wait till Mike Babcock gets fired at the end of the show. Right after we, after we finish recording, and exactly. after I do all my yelling. Yeah. Okay. All right. Continuing on the Power Hour. We told everyone that the Sharks were going to be fine. They've now won six straight games. Six straight games. They, are... they still have the most inconsistent goalie in the league. Jones was good last night, which means he will not be good next time they play. I think they play... When do they play next? Let's find out. They did play Detroit last night, which is always... like I think... I have said that Detroit's not bad, but they're going to be bad because they're taking, obviously. But uh, Eric Carlson scored last night, so I love him. Good job, Eric. He's not having a good game next game. Do you know who they're playing? Uh, the Sharks, you mean, and Martin Jones? Are they are they playing? What conference? Western. Uh, are they playing Vegas? Okay. Are they playing Calgary? No. What division? Edmonton? Maybe? Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Connor McDavid is going to have another six-point game. You know, since we're there, we'll move <laughs> into the individual stuff now. Connor okay. McDavid, six points, a hat trick the other night by the end of the second period. Oh my god, he's so good. He has 40 points in 22 games. And I know you said you weren't surprised. I'm not surprised either. But like to go look at the stats, like the NHL stats page and to see Connor like to see someone with 40 points in 22 games and then that's not even the best part. And Leon Dreisaitl. That's not even, yeah. Has Once 43 in 22. 43 points. So in what's that? 1.9 points a game? Maybe. That's incredible. It's it's really you texted me the other day. 1.95. You texted me and you're like, Adam, forget about playing them apart. Put forget them together it. and just see how much they can do here. Yeah, but what was the, my next part? What was the next part of the text I said? All I remember was you saying, just see how it goes. I want to uh, see if they can do. I it. Can, I could pull up the. I remember what I said. Okay, yeah, yeah. I go. I want to just keep them together. I want to see how many points they can get and still not oh, make the yeah. playoffs. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna comment. I'm not allowed. I shouldn't be commenting on. Making the playoffs. So, I continue to be wrong about the New York Islanders. They've now won three straight, and their point streak is up to 14 games. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't realize they still had a point streak. Yeah, their loss to Pittsburgh was OT. I forgot about that. Yeah, no. Frank Sal- I saw Frank Saravelli tweet it last night, of course, of TSN and head ahead of the Hockey Writers Association. Um, of course, yeah, 14 games for the Isles. I hate it so much. Do you think Barry Trotz... He won, did he not win Jack Adams last year? I don't remember. If he he could he win it again? He should. He honestly should. This isn't a case of like your team. Well, it is a case of we thought your team would be bad, but it's it's not a fluke. We know how good Barry Trotz is, and once again, that season was looking great. But also, I wonder if somehow there was a way that a Jack Adams yeah. could go to a coach that isn't the head coach because their goaltending coach, I forget his name. But uh, he should – I would give it to him single-handedly because of how consistent their goaltending has been since he took over. But you know who really deserves it? Um, Mike Babcock. No. <laughs> no. Dave Tippett. Yes. If they make the playoffs, he automatically wins. <laughs> Another coach. The second winning this coach in, uh, in, in NHL's history, of course, he has had that accolade since last year. But uh, Joe Quinville got his 900th win last night. Wow! Congratulations to him. Um, it's Mitch Korn is the director of goaltending for 
the New York Islanders. Imagine if he coached Carey Price. But anyway, you know who I've always thought should be a goaltending coach, and I, I hated that he was always a head coach? Who? Patrick Waugh. Just be a, a goaltending coach. But anyway, uh, Joe Quinville, 900 wins. Uh, probably the best coach since Scotty Bowman, I think is is safe to say. Yeah. Yeah. And like... Uh, I am not going to argue that. You, you can't put anyone next to Scotty Bowman because no. the guy has, what, like nine cups, 1,200 career wins. It's he's just he's a. I'm not gonna argue that. But I mean, just good for Joe Quinville, and I'm sure Chicago are so okay with the fact that they fired him. No disrespect to Jeremy Colton, but. Well, I think. Well, we'll get to another example of this later, but I think it was time to bring in someone new. They wouldn't have to bring anyone if they didn't mess up the roster. Well, that's what happens when you let the inmates run the asylum. As they say. Oh my God! So I I finally got the Sunquist hit up. Um, yeah, he's getting suspended. Yeah, he's getting suspended. Right? <laughs> he's getting suspended. That wasn't nice. <laughs> Gibson had his back turned yeah. and he left his feet. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, he's getting suspended. Yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the Ovechkin hit on Jonathan Druin? Yeah, I did. Thoughts quickly before we move on. <sighs> That's Sorry, a tough Michael. one. I think it was completely fine. Yeah, like, I, I thought it was fine, but, like, everyone, there's a lot of people who I saw were, like, outraged by the hit, but, like, a lot of people, like, respectable people were saying, no, that was, that was fine. People were saying he left his feet, but I think it's just because, have you seen Alex Ovechkin? Yeah. Have you seen Jonathan Druin's body build? Yeah. Jonathan Druin, I love him, of course. I, like, if you've watched any of my HFRs, uh, yeah. you know I love Jonathan Druin. But he's, like, he, he, I don't want to insult him, but he's kind of like got the build of a scarecrow. Okay. And and Alex Ovechkin hey, is a me. mountain. So yeah. I think it was just the force. I probably should have had any other player gives a bit more resistance to it, but I think it's Ovechkin literally folded over him because there isn't much to Jonathan Jordan physically. Right. And they now they announced that he was injured, but it wasn't from the Ovechkin hit. Yes, he has yeah. an upper body injury, but he passed concussion protocol and it was from an injury in the third period. Okay. Okay. Which, I mean, the Habs have been actually pretty honest when it comes to injuries over the past two seasons. But is it suspicious? Yes, but, I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to believe them. Uh, a thousand games played for Jeff Carter. Yeah, 713 points. I mean, he only has eight points this season in 20 games. But... It's a pretty big accomplishment to hit a thousand games in the NHL. The moment he ended up in L.A., they won those two cups. Yeah. He, oh, him yeah. and Quick, but he was the reason that team really got turned around. Yeah, oh, for sure. But it ha- things have not been the same for Jeff Carter since he his injury in 2017. Did you see the interview with him earlier in the day before the game? No. It was Fox via Sportsnet, obviously, because it was an American game. And he's just like, yeah. they asked him, you've done so much, Jeff. What do you still want to do? He's like, play as long as I can. And I just thought... Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be for much longer. Of all respect, he's had a lot of injuries in his knees and that. Well, he had a big one. Uh, So he had a cut a tendon on his left leg, and it was apparently on the side of his ankle. I I went back, and that's what I had read. And when we we know about ankle injuries, those are not easy to come back from, especially when you have to skate. Yeah. So... 
you're already in a heavy conference in the West. You've played a lot of hard hockey in those cup runs. Yeah. We talked about it with Jonathan Quick, and that's just Andrew Doubt and Jake Muzzin yeah. and Tyler Tafoli. We talked about it before. You don't have to get I'm into it again. I'm wrong about Barry and Muzzin, by the way. We'll talk about that later, but. But yeah, congrats to him. And another player that we should give some congrats to is Steven Stankos. 400 career goals now. And obviously he's not what he once was. But I still think we have to give respect to a guy who can score 40 goals. And yeah, Stankos doesn't get enough respect anymore, does he? No, but that's because he plays on a team with Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Victor Hedman, and Mikhail Sergachev. Yeah, like you look at the t- not Not that, that the players around him diminish what Steven Stamkos is, I think he's he's a very good player. On any other team, he's by far probably one of their better players. He is I think you could name how many teams. Best player in Arizona? Yeah. Second best in Chicago, only behind, of course, Patrick Kane. Probably, could you say he's the best player on St. Louis? He... I'd argue he's a better goal scorer than Tarasenko. Would you argue argue he's a better player than Ryan O'Reilly? Two way no, but offensively yes. Okay. He's better. He's the best player on Buffalo. Best player. As you know, Jack Eichel's pretty nasty. Best player on Detroit by yeah. far. Florida. Best player on. No, Sasha Barkov. Okay. But on a lot of teams, he is the best player. Montreal. On Montreal, is he the best player? I'm asking you. Just going through the teams at this point. I think so. Yeah. Ottawa. I'm not even going to answer. That's been a few years, but no. What Thomas Shabbat? Come on. Come on. Okay, fine, yeah. Come on. Uh, Toronto, I, I, I don't know. I think he's... I have no, no, no answer. He's not. He's not. No? He's the okay. fourth best player on the Leafs. Fourth. Third. Third. Actually... Wait, who are, who are you putting in front of Steven Stamkos? Okay, you're not playing Mario. Possibly Mitch. Oh, okay. Possibly. Learn to drive some play. Learn to do... Well, he's, anyway. he's injured. Carolina? Yes, he's the best player in Carolina. Okay. Do you want to go through all the teams? Sure. Quick fire here. Uh, Columbus. Yes. Jersey. Yes. Okay. Island- a few years, see what Jack Hughes is very okay. right now. Yes. Islanders. Yes. He's better than Matt Barzell. I forgot Matt Barzell existed. It'd be interesting to see what Steven Samkos is in that system. Okay. But 40 goals is a big deal. So I, for now, I'd say yes. Stanmer's better than Bar- Barzell. Uh, Rangers. He's oh, is he better than Art in than than the bread man? Yeah, I'd put him over the bread man. Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Giroux, but Pittsburgh, no. Yeah, no, Sydney Crosby. Washington, no. no. Oh, veteran. Uh, Chicago, we did. Colorado, no. Yeah, Nate Mack. Dallas. Yeah, I think he's better than Sagan. Okay. Sagan needs to learn to be consistent. Minnesota. Yeah. Nashville. Yeah. He's better. So he's better than. Uh, if we make fun of Yossi's <laughs> defensive play, yeah. then we got to give like the same to Stammer, but offensively okay. he would be on the same level but different positions. Winnipeg? Once Liney puts it all together, no, but right now, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd say Shifley? No, no, I'll say Stammer over Shifley. Anaheim? Yes. We Goalies did it. don't count. Yeah, we did Arizona. Uh, Calgary? Yeah, because Goudreau is something's wrong with Johnny Goudreau. Okay, uh, Edmonton obviously. How <laughs> do we want to answer? Third best player in Edmonton. Uh, L.A. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, uh, no, no, Kopitar's better. Really? I have, I have very strong feelings. I, yeah, I know you like Kopitar. Uh, San Jose. 
Don't make me go against Eric Carlson. Okay. Or Burns. Vancouver? No, Patterson's too good. Okay. Vegas? Yeah, he's the best. And Seattle. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you'd catch it. <laughs> Not impressed. You want to talk about Jack Eichel having a four-goal game? I do. I think that's quite impressive. Too bad the Sabres aren't... <laughs> Wait, didn't we call that at the beginning of the year? You did. Didn't someone call it at the beginning I, of the I year? I set myself up in this this show that the moment Montreal start falling down, which I don't think they will be terrible, but the moment they go on a skin in Toronto and prove, right now with Buffalo, I'm in a position where I can look very foolish on this show. Oh, so so do I. Yeah, let's but not, I'm a not, lot more... Let's not... I'm a lot worse to deal with than you, though. Sometimes. Because of hockey, Alex, you've realized how argumentative I am a lot quicker than other people have. Yeah, so I'll just back down sometimes. So I, I wouldn't. I would keep pushing. Yeah, but I don't know if I. I don't know if I want to deal with Good. it. Good. Eichel really is having a year where he's really telling everyone, "Listen, I'm a big. I am a big deal here. I am the man. I am Jack Eichel. Yeah. I'm a second overall pick for a reason, and Buffalo shouldn't treat me like a consolation prize. Here's the thing. I don't know if they're as bad as we think they are, or as you think they are. No, you mean they're not as good as I think. Sorry, they are. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're one. They have 19 games played. They have 23 points. They're only one point behind Pittsburgh and Philadelphia in the wild card spots, and they have a game in hand. Yeah. So it's not like who's below Buffalo by one in the standings, by the way. Shut up. I'm gonna get up and leave. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up. I'm Alex, gonna go for you a walk. Alex, you haven't answered the question. This is bad radio. Don't worry answer. about it. It's, don't worry about it. We'll get to it later. Okay. I'm gonna go sit on the couch. I'm sorry, Buffalo. No. We didn't really give a lot to Joe Quinville, by the way. Good job. But anyway, uh, anything else to say on Buffalo? I don't know what to say for them. Just please improve. And finally, um, Ron McLean apologized. Again, last night on Hockey Central, the first inter so not Hockey Central, um, Hockey Night in Canon, the first intermission. Uh, a lot of it was, yeah, apologizing, explaining how everything went through with him, and um, also an apology to Don. What? It was weird to me. It was really weird to me. I was uncomfortable watching it. I saw a lot of people give Ron a lot of credit here, and I think he does deserve something. He's very well spoken. He always is. Yeah. I don't know. There was just I was. It something felt really off watching it to me. I, I don't. I didn't feel. I I didn't really feel that. I feel like this was like the last time we're really gonna hear about it, like for a while. Did he seem uncomfortable to you the entire night? A little bit. Yeah. Not the entire night. That segment, a little bit. The rest of the night was fine. Um. I mean, we don't really know what's gonna happen with that segment. Like, obviously, we know it's the end of Coach's Corner. Like, that's been established. We don't know what they're going to put in that segment for the time being. Um, they're going to, apparently, they're going to take their time on deciding, which As I think, should. which is the smart thing to do. Uh, I guess I, I kind of want to see how next Saturday will go because this Saturday was a little bit different, right? You had the apology. Then they kind of had something to throw in there, right? They had the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, they had some of the players on. So what are they going to do next week when they don't have that? 
what are they going to put in that in that slot? Because that's a big slot. They were really lucky Toronto got shelled last night. Why is that? Because no one's then talking it just, about it? It took away like all the attention from that. I don't think so. I saw lots of stuff on Twitter. Really? Yeah, like I saw people saying, like I saw mixed things. I saw not, there were people complaining about what he said, but there was a lot of people saying like the, giving uh, Ron McLean credit, like this is like the last time we're really going to hear about it. And, I think we'll hear about it whenever there is a, whatever event he replaces Coach's Corner, we're going to hear about it, but. I mean, the people are going to complain either way. No one's going to be happy. Oh, or not ever. Sorry, not everyone's gonna be happy. So, I think we can kind of just move on from this specific situation. Okay. Well, then that is the end of the Power Hour. So, Alex, let's just go first of all talk about this because this is um, this is a messy situation. So, Matt Calvert last night, I got a text from my buddy Ethan, who is a Sharks fan. So, of course, he was going throughout the thing, and he's like, yo, Fluge, I'm like, Ethan, what's up? Let me get this up here. Let me talk about it. So, he tells me about how, yeah. you know, he he's not it. in as much, like, tuned into the game as we are, obviously. So, he'll just be like, yo, Fluge. Well, he took a shot. Do you want me to explain the situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He So, Matt Calvert last night took a shot off the back of the head. And he was lay, basically laying on the ice while the Canucks had the puck. Uh, and they the Canucks ended up scoring a goal. Now, there's a lot of controversy over whether the fact that... Uh, whether, the, whether the rule makes sense or not. Because this is per Elliot Friedman. Good, good friend of the show. Went to my shoes. Uh, this is from the NHL rulebook he put out. Uh, when a player is injured so that he cannot continue continue play or go to his bench, the play shall not be stopped until the injured player's team has secured control of the puck. If the player's team is in control of the puck at the time of the injury, play shall be stopped immediately unless his team is in a scoring position. In a case where it is obvious that a player has sustained a serious injury, the referee and or linesman may stop the play immediately. So there's a couple things here. Did the refs just not think the injury was serious enough? Did they not realize he got hit in the head? Or because technically the refs were following the rules. By definition, they are following the rules. But at the end of the day... If I I got I have quotes from uh, Eric Johnson and and McKinnon, and they're kind of questioning the rule itself. They're not questioning the refs at the end. I don't know if they're necessarily questioning the refs' decision, especially McKinnon. I think he's questioning the actual rule itself. Can you read the McKinnon quotes quickly? Yeah, he goes. I just can't imagine another sport letting that happen. A guy's bleeding out the side of his head, laying there, not moving, to not blow the whistle. I know it's a big time moment in the game. It's not the ref's fault. It's the league's fault. If you see blood, you see any contact to someone's face or head. I think it's dangerous, and obviously, it's just made worse that they scored. See, you know what's what's interesting to me. What was it again? The refs may. Read that part again. May. In the case where it is obvious that a player has sustained a serious injury, the referee and or linesman may stop the play immediately. All right. That stands out to me. Yeah, it does. Also, 
I want to give credit to Zach Wierenski, former teammate of Matt Calvert, who said this has to stop. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon, I who I think all of them could have easily ripped the refs here. And Oh, no, Eric Johnson ripped oh. the refs right here. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i just going to bleep it out myself. Uh, he's laying there ble- uh, he's laying there bleeding out of his head, and they don't blow the effing whistle. It's a complete joke. It's an absolute joke, and they should be ashamed of themselves. So, I, we have talked about the thing of just being hits to the head. Right. And, but this wasn't a hit to the head. I know, to I know, be clear. I know. But the point I'm making here is, and we're going to talk about this a lot later in Montreal and the, the officiating of this game and how big of a joke it is. And, right. Um, of course, the game is at a. It, it is faster than ever than ever. So it. It. I understand it's difficult for refs to make the call to see it properly. And if you look by the books, it was the right call not to call it. Now, there's a difference between the right call and what is right, period. When a guy is hurt, like, mm-hmm. if, if you look at it, Calvert tries to, like, get up again, and he can't. Exactly any other sport, like, this is a problem. You're not protecting the players here. Agreed. If, could you imagine if, like, there's a spot where he's somehow in a lane, somebody like Patterson or Bester just rips a shot, and he gets hit again? Yeah, it's a problem. Or if, if if like somebody's like remember the game against Minnesota where Joel Eric's neck blocked three Shea Weber shots. Could you imagine if Matt Calvert was on the ice for that or a big Zidane Chara shot? Right. And he takes one or two of those shots when he's already in that state. Right. So I understand that. Yeah, it was the right call to make, and the based on that, the refs have a chance. They sorry, they have the opportunity to stop it, and they chose not to. Um. Yes, I think the big the biggest problem here is the rule itself. The moment a player gets hurt, play should be blown out immediately. That's my opinion. I I think, of course, the, the Canucks aren't going to slow down. They're trying to do this. They're having a great season. They want to continue, right? But I think they would understand. Well, Petter, I, I didn't see the game, but I was reading in the article that apparently Pedersen put his hand up to try to get the ref's attention. What a nice guy. So I, don't, I haven't seen the replay. Uh, I just read that part in the know, article. Uh, the moment if it got slowed down and you see this guy is bleeding, all of them are going to stop. We saw how close-knit this sport really is when the whole um, stuff happened with David Backus and Scott Saverin, right? So it, it's just it's a tough situation. I get what was going on with the refs, but it, it's more the, the thing of, you have this this thing of how hockey players play through injury, and, you know, the refs put their whistle away when it comes playoffs and all this kind of stuff, right? And it just adds to the thing of, you know, these guys are playing hurt, and the ref, they have, clearly have a different mindset because the rule says they may stop, and they chose not to. There's blame on both sides here. I, I don't think you can 100% blame the league. Well, no, sorry, you can 100% blame the league. Let me take that back. But at the same time, you can blame the refs. And I and I and again, I want to shout out Rarensky and McKinnon for not blowing their top of the refs because they could have. But at the same time, I think if they did, the refs would have had it coming. I don't have anything else to say about this, but it's, no, you... it's tough. And of course, our our best wish is to Matt Calvert. Well, I know the GM uh, meetings are. Are coming up in Toronto. I don't know if this is something. Ooh, they're going to be loud this year. I don't know if this is something they're going to bring up. I know they're bringing up the offside rule, and 
one other rule I don't remember and the reviews um I don't know if the, it's too late to add uh, this specific situation in it to to maybe change. I think Joe Sackick has enough respect to where he can bring it up. If right. Jeremy Jacobs is going to go in there, or is it Don Sweeney? Sorry, Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney. If he's going to go in there and talk about the the offside game against Montreal, I know. I'm that, just asking if it's too late because the no, obje- no, 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 okay. When a player gets hurt like this, I don't think the league would be stupid enough to try and say, no, we're not talking about it. Like, it, it this is a serious enough issue. Mm-hmm. Offside and goal reviews are one thing. A player's health and safety is a completely other. No, I agree. So would we like to move on then? Sure. Uh, I want to get, I want enough of the, the sad stuff of Hockey Night in Canada, injuries and that. Let's get into the fun stuff. And that's making fun of teams who make really bad signings, Alex. Yeah, you. I, I mean, I can, before you put out the tweet, do you want me to talk about Andrew Ladd? And what's going on with him? Oh yeah, yeah, no. no okay, Jamie, do, um, do you want me to do that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, last or this up uh, last week, uh, Andrew Ladd was placed on waivers. He was actually down there in the AHL already for a conditioning stint, uh, and uh, Lou Lamorello said the team did not see enough from Ladd during his time in the AHL to add him to their NHL roster, and instead. Plan to have have him see more playing time in Bridgeport, which is their AHL team. Uh, he is coming off an ACL surgery, which he had during the offseason. He scored one goal in five games with Bridgeport. He has three years three years left at an with an AAV of five point five million dollars. So the reason I bring this up is first of all it's no secret Andrew Ladd is not as good as he used to be in his glory days with the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, Winnipeg Jets and then returning to Chicago for that one run so I want to read you this Dmitry Filipovich tweet you know when I bring up old Dim Fib it's going to be a good one I think I saw this tweet yes so this is July 1st 2016 I think this may be the worst free agency in history Milan Lucic 7 years oh, 42 million dollars Blue Cheech has been traded, and could you look up his numbers for me quickly? Yeah. Because all I have to say is Milan Lucic, who Jeff Merrick always makes a good point, then I, I start feeling bad for Milan Lucic because the game around him has completely changed. But then again, wait a minute. I remember when he was a Bruin, and he's caused us so much harm over the past three years when he was a Bruin. Uh, anyway. One second. I'm so, getting it up. So Milan Lucic, of course, we know how much of a disaster. Okay, what, what would you like been. to know? Uh, just how many points does Milan Lucic have this year? Three. Three. Then, seven years, $42 million. Kyle Oposo. Oh, God. Who, to be oh fair, he got injured in his first year in Buffalo. But at the same time, Kyle Oposo was always a passenger on the John Tavares line. I'll give you some numbers here. He had 45 points, 19 goals his first year with the Sabres. Sabres, 44 points, 15. Last year, 29 and 14. This year, 19 games, only five points. One goal included there. What do you know? What the injury was? He's in his really, really his the big mass. I don't know what it was. I'll search it up. But I know it was major, so I want to give him some leeway there. But at the same time, there was always the thing about Kyle Posto that how good is he though? Because he he was like a Josh Bailey, and now usually they have played his best years with John Tavares, right? I think he got injured again. Did he? He left last night's game. Well, continuing on though. Andrew Ladd, seven years, 
$38.5 million. We just talked about him. Louis Erickson, six years, $36 million. As good as the Canucks may be right now, their contract situation is going to be a mess considering the contracts like that. Franz Nielsen, six years, $31.5 million. <laughs> David Backus, five years, $30 million. Jaron Helm, five years, 19.25. Troy Brower, who was bought out, re-signed, has contract terminated. Remember all that? Yep. Five years, 19.25. Sorry, $18 million. How many years ago was this? This was 2016. James Reimer, five years, $17 million. We like James Reimer. We like James Reimer. But like it wasn't James a good Reimer. deal. Do you see what's wrong with everything you just said? What? Old players getting signed to massive contracts that they cannot fulfill. Do you remember when the league said, we're going to implement 35-plus contracts and we're going to implement, you can only sign players for eight years? Yes. The GMs in this league somehow figured out how to screw it up again. <laughs> They're just so dumb. 30, they, they've done it again. They've done it again. They've managed. They're going to screw up the league again. The year after this, They're by the way, the Carl Olsner deal. Don't forget about that. That was brutal. I don't, like, everyone wants to come and tell me that, oh, these old players really deserve money. They obviously don't. I'm sorry. They got screwed before. I would say they deserve. They No, there's a difference between deserving the money and and deserving the money based on how they play. Or how they it's will the play. It's the old school of thinking, isn't it? Yeah, it is the old school of thinking, be, and we're be gonna pay for what you did instead of what you're. But going that's to do. not how the apparently that's not how the game of hockey works. We're gonna pay old players over. We're gonna give them overpriced contracts, and we're somehow gonna do stuff. With, didn't that? Didn't the whole thing of old players making a bunch of money nearly bankrupt the Leafs? Didn't it cost some Gretzky a few like back in the day that they had to go like, all what, their money? I remember there was. Um, well, I wasn't. I read. I read this oh, in yeah, a this book. Is, this is. Before our time, I yes. read this in a book that apparently there was a deal with Gretzky to come to the Leafs. Like, I think he was a free agent, I believe. Would this have been after his time in St. Louis? I think so. But regardless... Either way, there was a deal set out, and they and the owner of this team said no. Was Harold Ballard No, I think it was no? Steve Stavros. No, I think. Anyway. But yeah, it, it just shows how much of a mess... Now, we thought Wayne Simmons was going to get that contract. I did. But now, oh, it, it, did, like yeah. with contract situations, it's it's they've started getting better. But in five years, there are going to be some some bad contracts. Like I can name you half the West. Sharks, period. Sharks. L.A., period. You, yeah. you can argue the Roman Yossi contract is not going to be fun in five years. It, you know, it puts it to perspective how good uh, Colorado are off, by the way. Rantanen well, and McKinnon's deals. Wait, wait, not wait, only wait, wait. are their numbers great, but the tournament when they're up. Let me pull up shit. Let me pull up uh, Colorado's page for a second. It is. Uh, it, Colorado went from what the hell is wrong with you to oh my God, Joe Sackett. They have to be careful. Where is he? Sorry, he's not up. Gabriel Landeskog is up in two, year, two years. He's going to be 28. Yeah, but read me, read me Renton in a McKinnon. 
Yo, yeah, Brandon McKinnon. That's no, no, that's no, no, no. set. Read me oh, Nathan McKinnon's Nathan contract. Nathan McKinnon, six point three for the next four years. Did you watch his goal last yeah, night? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. But I've watched Nathan McKinnon. Do you remember the goal against Calgary? He scored in the playoffs where he pulled it to his uh, forehand and sniped it. Yeah. He did that, but on three on three. Do you remember the, oh. the overtime oh. Team North America versus Team Sweden when he pulled that disgusting toe drag backhand? Yeah. That is Nathan McKinnon, and he makes less than Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy Hayes. Sorry, um, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes makes more money than Nathan McKinnon. Jesus Christ. Mm, yeah. But moving on, Alex. Yeah. Uh. It's um. I I don't know how we're gonna tackle this. What do you so, want to tackle? So, we have Toronto and Montreal to talk about. I'm not even going to ask anymore. I'm just going to assume we're going to start with Montreal. Sure. So, the Habs have been really good lately. Yeah. They are second in the Atlantic Division. Of course, they're, the I think, the third highest scoring 5-on-5 five -five team in the league. Carey Price was the first goalie of the season to reach 10 wins. He has been turning it back on. Shea Weber has been fantastic. He's on pace for 69 points, didn't you know, Alex? Oh, no way. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. But they've had a really bad issue. Do you know what that issue is? Uh, kicking. No, we're going to get to Philly to know in a minute. <laughs> for some reason, they cannot, cannot... How far is the mic from my mouth right now? Pretty far. Pretty far. They cannot stop allowing goals in the first minute, the last minute of, of penalty. Oh my god, I'm of so angry about this. They cannot stop allowing goals in the last minute of periods. They have done it 11 times. Twice in last night's game versus New Jersey Devils. So here's what happens, right? I put on the game. Sports said, John Bartlett's got the call, so I'm pumped. John Bartlett, John let's Bartlett. go. Alright? Yeah. You see PK's there. I love PK Subban. Oh, question about PK Subban. Yeah, he's great. Apparently, he was getting booze. Oh my God! Yes, of course. But was that a thing when he was in Nashville too? Because I don't remember hearing anything game, about that. It, his first game back, uh, no, until the very end there a bit. His second game, the one I was at, it was cheers, but then it got really bad towards the end. Okay. PK does this thing where he stays. You know, you've ever seen this if you watch PK Subban. He stays behind the net for a while and he does. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, like, I love PK, but at the end of the night, I was like, all right, PK, you're really pissing me off. Because, obviously, he's beating my team, yeah. and, like, he's no longer a hap. I don't hate the Subban trade, and I'm not a Subban hater. But, of course, I want my team to win in this, right? But he was getting booed. But, but, but was it, la like, was he laughing? Oh, he like, was, were, were no, the, he was were the fans the booing? But la Because I saw it in basketball. I I'm not going to explain the situation, but they were they were introducing the players, and this one guy who used to play for this for the New York Knicks uh, was introduced, and they were all booing. But the thing was, they were all laughing while they were booing. So when they showed the fans, it was like they wanted him to be See, here. Was it like that? I, it's a mix in Montreal. Okay. There are a group of Habs fans, and I don't understand why, but they, they don't like PK. And there is the group like myself who still love him, but like you're at the thing where you kind of have to boo him. He's not on your team anymore. Like, uh, for a fact, P.K. Subban, I think he loves it. He still understands that there are Habs fans that still love him because the Devils put the thing on saying he still has fans in Montreal. Of course he does. He he has his face on the side of a hospital when you drive in there. And I still have a lot of respect for P.K. Subban. I think he'll be he'll be welcomed in this city whenever in whatever time of his life. So he shows up. He gives he blows a kiss to Madame Bellevaux, as he always does. And, you know, it's just... The Habs... Well, Keith Kincaid was in net last night because obviously it's his former team. Price played the night before. I can really get it. Keith Kincaid was amazing last night. He was lights out amazing. That's really good, though. 
I, I hope you know that. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Fantastic. That your backup goalie can oh, play. Oh, yeah, I know. But anyway, if you look at Kincaid's numbers, they're not reflective of his play. The Habs, uh, there is this, like, 30 seconds left in the first period. They're up by one. They get lucky. Brendan Gallagher's going out with PK all night. They've got some beef. But, but Galley gets one, right? It's fantastic. Nick Cousins has the puck, and he goes back into Montreal's defensive zone instead of just dumping it. You see what's about to happen. The Habs completely fall apart, and just like that, it's it's a tied game at the end of the period. Same thing happens. Kale Fleury gets his first career goal. All this stuff. Habs are up 3-1 with about less than two seconds left after K- after Keith and Kate stops a breakaway. There's a 2-1-1 afterwards. The, the Devils get within one with less than two seconds left in the second. Then there was there were no penalties in the first two seconds. Now, Alex, I'm going to get something up to you. From the start of the third period, sorry, by the right at the end of the second period to overtime, there were a dozen called penalties. Alex, I'm going to show you something. Do you know what this is? That's the uh, penalty sheet. This is the game sheet. And they were terrible calls on both ends. Wayne Simmons didn't touch anyone. Mm -hmm. He got two minutes. Max Domi got cross-checked by someone. Had him on top of him. Max Domi got an interference call. Brett Kulak didn't touch someone. Got two minutes. It was the worst. I'm saying this right now. Montreal did not deserve to win that game. Luckily, they got a point out of it because Keith Kincaid. But the... I have never, in, in my HFRs, I have given credit to referees, and I have said bad officiating is part of the game. But last night, yeah. there are certain losses, by the way. Like, the, the penalties were at a point where I didn't want to watch that hockey game anymore. It was affecting my enjoyment of the game. It was a complete joke. I don't know what happened. Montreal did not deserve to win that game. But the officiating was just such a goddamn joke for both sides. How do you ruin a hockey game? So there's two, um, I guess, ways to approach at least the referee situation. Should we get Deneau's goal out the way? No, no, because this is referee related. Okay. Before we get to Deneau. Okay. I'm going to give you time to breathe. Okay, thank you. There's two ways to approach the referee situation. And uh, I see this not in just hockey. I see this in a lot of sports. And I, I didn't get to watch the Montreal game last night because I was a little preoccupied. We'll uh, I'm not going to – we'll get to it later. But the refs, were there a lot of missed calls last night? Or were there a few missed calls? No. There were no missed calls. Wow. Okay, so my rant is going to be completely irrelevant. But I was going to get to the point of – you see it a lot that the refs miss calls and then compensate for missing the calls. Oh. Is that what was happening? It was they made a bad call and compensated it with right. another there bad call. Right, there we go, there we go. Back and forth. And that's the problem with the league. Not just this league. Uh, you see it in... I, I see it, I've seen it done in basketball. I've seen it done in soccer. I've seen it done in other sports where the refs miss a call or make a bad call and have to help and have to fix it by by making a bad call which doesn't make any sense to me no you missed you okay you missed a call fine deal with it don't don't make another don't make a stupid call because you want to fix things because that's not playing the game of hockey that's playing the game of referees 
like this this game created by referees and i know a lot of these rules are subjective so then just admit like then then that's why you missed the call not because you missed it like you're just subject you're just being subjective so don't go and make another stupid call it doesn't make sense it's ask, a circle i want to ask you something yeah when the leafs got eliminated for the playoffs right. how long did it affect you for a uh, couple days. When the Montreal, when they got eliminated in 2017 by the Rangers, Montreal, I was a wreck for a week. When they lost to Toronto any time last year, yeah, I was a wreck for days. This game, that circus that I watched last night. You don't know what a circus is. I don't want to watch hockey. Today. You don't know what a circus is, man. Okay, we're gonna get to the least game a little later, and then finally, on the Montreal note. Philip Deneau's goal should not have counted. He clearly uses his knee to push it in. Right? Okay. But okay. he should have been awarded a penalty shot, first of all. Why is that? Nico Heischer puts his hand over the puck in the crease. Oh, I missed that. I was looking for the kick. So yes. So that, that goal should not have counted. I am telling you that. But then they say a distinct, it was kicked in. Alex. What was his knee? Alex. You don't kick with your thighs. No, but you it's watch a, soccer. Yeah, but it's it's the motion, right? It's still the motion kicking motion with your leg. Alex. I Alex, get what you're Alex, saying. Alex, I pretend, get No, no. I'm okay, so what mo what motion is it? What motion is it? It was like this. He was moving his whole body and like pushing it in with, with his, his freaking leg. With his leg. So yes. what motion is this? What motion what It was motion closer is to this? shake Alex what is standing up right is now. This? Alex, that's he was on, But he was directing his leg towards the puck in a kicking motion. No. Yes. He, this is a kick. If you're kicking something over your foot. No, no. This was... Okay, hold on a minute. Rachel Dory. Let me... I have tweets. Hold on. Don't you even You just care. said it shouldn't have counted. It should not have counted. So no. wh what is the argument that you're making? That wasn't me? a kick. So what was it? It was a... What's the rule? It was like a, a, a thrust of the hips. Listen, I want you to listen. This is Andrew oh. Berkshire. Today I learned Phil Deneau can kick the puck in with his groin. Rachel Dory, I did not know you could kick a puck in with your hip, but apparently... So I was wrong. It wasn't as like it was his hip. You can't say that I've seen that before. There's a James Murrow tweet in We're okay. going to say that for Toronto. So I would just like to know, by the way, shout out again, Kale Fleury. He, he got his first career goal. He got the hockey night towel. Good for him. It's a big deal, Mom. She was saying it wasn't. Isn't it? Is the hockey town not a big deal? Apparently it's, yeah, yes. I would say it's a big deal. But anyway, um, I, the refs are a joke. God dang it. The yeah. only real penalty they called was the no hooking in overtime, which he deserved to take. Yes, he had to take it against Taylor Hall. But anyway, um, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. I, I'm, I'm angry. Hopefully the boys can rebound, and I think they're playing the Sen, so that'll be a nice kicking bag. I'm not sure. I just jinxed them. I'm sorry. Okay, Alex. You knew you jinxed them right there. So now we get to talk about, which is just, you know, it is, there's nothing good about this. So I have many tweets up, so I just want to read you some of this stuff. Actually, quickly, before we do, Alex, I'm going to show you this picture I saw today. And I want you to read it out loud and can tell me what you see. Can you describe no, no, no. what I look like right now? Alex is, he has his head in his hand, and he's slowly breathing. Alex, I want you to look at this. First, tell me what you see on my, my phone. No, no, tell me no. what you see, Alex. No. So I'm going to read it. It's a picture of Steve Dangle in the Habs jersey. 
and the meme says, done with Babs, support the Habs. No. Now, Alex, I'm, I'm going to read you. I have many tweets, so before you go in, let me give you some context here. Um, this is after the Islanders game, I believe. Um, this is from uh, Talky Hockey. Tavares played 16-10, Matthews 17-11, Nylander under 17, Dermott played less than 15, Shore 10, Gautier 11, Patan 11, CC 20 minutes. What in the world is this coach doing? I'm I'm not even surprised. Next, we have from uh, Ian Tullock. Down by one goal. Again, this is uh, around the time of the Islanders game. Down by one goal, three minutes left in the game. Better get Freddy Gauthier out there. I think that was the Boston game. Boston, sorry. So this is from Kevin Papetti. No Crosby. Latang, that's wrong. Latang played last night, didn't he? No Hornquist, Murray tonight. Pittsburgh are also on a back-to-back. At Vegas on Tuesday, need this what? I don't think... Latang played last night. Oh, I thought he did. But anyway, that's from those injuries. So that's from Kim Petty. Next, this is from Chris Johnston. No, he didn't play. He's injured. So Latang was not there. The Leafs have surrendered the first goal against 17 of 22 games played. Next, from James Myrtle. The Leafs have two regulation oh, wins yeah. in their last 15 games. Next. This is from Sportsnet Stats. Leafs in the second game of back-to-backs. Goal 4, 17. Against, 30. Shots on goal. Against, 37. The penalty kill, 70%. Hold on. This is a quote from Austin Matthews after, I believe, was the Leafs game. Which Leafs game? (laughs) Sorry, I meant to say the... uh, I believe this was after the Islanders game. It's tough to get worse from here in the locker room. I think that was last night. Confidence isn't exactly high right now. We have to blame. Uh, no, we have no. We have nobody to blame but ourselves. And there was also one more tweet. I can't really find it right now. But uh, basically, it said that the Leafs and the Oilers going back to last year have about the same amount yeah. of regulation wins. So Alex, there's a lot going on. Kerfoot is out. It looks like our good friend Trevor Moore is out. Dubis yeah, was saying stuff trying to defend CC. Just okay. take me through. We're gonna go through this this step. What we're gonna go through this one step at a so time. Do we are we starting with the Boston game? No, no, we're not going game by game. I'm just gonna go. I don't know how I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna figure it out. Okay. As I go. Let's start with the obvious. The Matthews charges are dropped. We'll bring this up. Get next next episode, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fair. All right. Uh, Mitch Marner's out. Alexander Kerfoot is out. Apparently, he played like four games with like a messed up face. <laughs> I don't know other way to describe it. Was a broken it. nose, wasn't it? No, it was dental surgery. Oh. So I'm gonna comment quickly on the Dubis uh, and CC comments. Mm-hmm. I don't know what people expected. Kyle Dubas to say about Cody Cece. Did you like did you expect him to come out and just blatantly rip a player he acquired? It would be really funny though. It would be a nightmare. <laughs> it'd be it'd honestly be worse if he ripped the player than if he like the fact that he came out and said, Yeah, like we're not like what do you want him to say? What do you want Kyle Dubas to say? No, no. Put your phone over here. I tried to show Alex the Dango picture, and he took my okay. phone and put it the other side of the table. I think the Leafs are on 
like a five game losing streak. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore. I just I didn't even watch the Bruins game. I got. They I was, lose to the Bruins. They... <laughs> okay, I'm gonna read this letter I wrote to Lee fans. It's not done, but dear Lee fans, it's Alex from the Two on One podcast. I know many of you have been panicking since game one of the season, but it's been 22 games. For those of you who aren't, it's time to panic. <laughs> Listen, you know it's bad when, when Brian Burke says it's time to panic. It's time to panic. He word for word last night said it's time to panic. You know it's bad when Elliot Freeman and Chris Johnson don't really make a con. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. That's so in headlines, they said... Anything could happen. <laughs> like, even, but even after the game, even after the game, it was uh, Burke, uh, Friedman, Johnson, and I don't remember, I think it was Amber. They were talking about Babcock. Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnson, for the last month, over a month and a half, have been saying there's nothing. CJ especially said. Yeah, said there's no talk of Babcock. Uh, being fired. He did not say that last night. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Okay, let me finish my letter. On paper, this team is supposedly very magnificent. Let me remind you, Leaf fan, this is for Leaf fans. I'm sorry if you don't like the Leafs. John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and Frederick Anderson are Toronto Maple Leafs. Something is wrong in the dressing room, and something needs to change. Or someone. No! The answer is not trade William Nylander. (laughs) For the love of God, do not touch the Austin Matthews line. It is the Leafs' best line. Is the answer Mike Mike Babcock? Maybe. How long have I been saying Mike Babcock does not need to be fired? Since game one. Yeah. I've been saying he can change what's going on in the dressing room. He can turn this team around. I don't know if he's the right coach for this team. That's the end of what I wrote. So now I'm just going off in my head. Okay. I see there's a Reddit post at the bottom. Oh, that's my Reddit post. Oh, so you put it on Reddit? I put something on Reddit. Oh, what'd you put on Reddit? I said, what are the next steps that need to be taken? And then I gave my explanation, blah, blah, blah. Someone goes, <laughs> a, lot of them were sar- a lot of them were sarcastic. Yo, you got like a, you got, f- I put something on Habs Twitter. I mean, on Habs Twitter, I got nothing. Well, dude, you're going, Jesus. Uh, fire Babcock, bring up Keith, trade Nylander or Marner or both. I agree with one of those things. Two, you agree with two? No, I agree with Fire Babcock. You don't? Uh, okay. Oh, sorry. I would, I would say if you did fire him, bring up Keith as an okay. obvious. Sorry, don't trade Mitch or William, please. If you do, Montreal will take William Nylander. Not Mitch. Too much money. I'm tired. Sorry, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. First, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about the fans first. I haven't even gotten to the players. I'm tired of hearing that we need to trade William Nylander. I'm sick of it. I've, I've said this how many times? The answer is not trade William Nylander. The answer is not trade Mitch Marner. I don't know who would who would trade Mitch Marner. I get it. He's overpaid. 
But when was the last time you saw a star like that get traded from their team? Other than, and I know you're going to say P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban. From Montreal. Seth Jones. Oh. Yeah, like, but Seth, look. The last big right, one I can think of is the Jones trade. Look at he what, wasn't Jones oh, yet. Right. He wasn't Jones yet. What are you going to get for Mitch Marner? Um, not as much as his value is too low right now. He, he might be good, but then you, if you're a struggling team, what's Freeman always say? When you're a struggling GM, the rest of the league don't throw you lifeboats. They send, or life jackets. They send you anchors. Right. Why and no one's in a rush to help Toronto. No one's in a rush to help Toronto. And back to William Nylander. I think William Nylander has been this team's most consistent forward. If you had to give him some sort of symbol of royalty, what would you give crown him? Crown of the king. Give him a crown. Give him a crown. Why not? Why not? <laughs> okay. I don't know where... Okay. Now this is this is the players. Now I'm going, I'm going after the players now. Oh, no. You know what, Alex? You going after the players, why not? Why not? For how many? I I last night I started. We they it was five nothing. I'm like, is the goaltending really the problem in the city? And I go, no, Michael. H-, and I and I went to look. I'm like, okay, Michael Hutchinson really is not that good. He didn't make the big saves. Remember, we talked about Chicago four goals on like six shots. Not acceptable. Casimir Kaskisuo. Kaskisuo, sorry. Kaskisuo, I thought played a very good game. I felt really bad for him. And the his Leafs. His wife was there with their kid. Yeah, yeah. His kid saw six goals go in the net. He's traumatized. <laughs> I would be traumatized if I was like. <laughs> I don't know why the Leafs can't play back to back. I don't know why the Leafs can't play defense. I'm very confused. This team on paper, like I said, should be very good. But it's not. So tell me, who am I supposed to blame? Who am I supposed to blame? Because everyone's saying, oh, don't blame Babcock. Okay, I won't blame Babcock. I'm going to blame every single player on this team for not... Like, they don't look like they want to play. I blame everyone. And this might be unpopular. I blame everyone except Kyle Davis. I put a little bit of blame on Kyle Dubas. What do you but blame the, Dubas for? But first, I want to get this analogy I got from someone last night. Let's see if I can find it. This is the analogy I got. I said every time this team gets scored on, they look scared. And to a point, they look like they don't give a bleep anymore. Uh, they keep leaving their goalie out to dry. So I got this text back. It's like they had a cheat meal on Friday and then said, F it. We'll start the diet again on Monday. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Every game. I I said this last night on my couch. I said, watch. As soon as they get scored on, this team's going to implode. This team got scored on, and the team imploded. I was... We were doing, like, the two-screen thing and trying to watch the Toronto and the Montreal game because for once, Montreal's game is broadcasted. And uh, I remember it was... I was after three or four nothing, and there was just three straight odd man chances for Toronto for the Peg- Penguins. I think it was the third or fourth one they actually scored on. I it was like, poor Kasky Swell. Like this is not even. This isn't fair. No, it's not. And until they fix, until they fix the 
they can't even fix the backup goalie situation because they don't even know what they have because they keep getting shelled and they keep getting put in the worst situations possible. So I don't mean to say this to you to rile you up, but I'm looking Tell at the me. Atlantic Division standings right now. Yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs are at one, two, three, fifth place in the Atlantic. They're a point behind the Sabres. The Sabres have three games in hand. Right. They are only two points ahead of Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay have five games in hand. Mm-hmm. They are, sorry, five points ahead of the Sens. The Sens have two games in hand. I know. That Adam, is... I know. But again, who? because I keep seeing very respected people on Twitter tell me uh, you shouldn't blame Babcock. Why? I'm very well going to blame Babcock because at the end of the day, fine, these players aren't playing. Number one, their players aren't playing to their capability. Number two, they just don't look like they care anymore. So who am I going to blame for that? I'm going to blame them, and I'm very much going to blame the coach because the coach obviously isn't doing anything in the locker room. To he- Matthew said it himself. What's the confidence like in the locker room night right now? There's not a lot of it, apparently. Not a lot of it. And who's going to fix that? After last night. I'm pretty sure that quote was before the Penguins game. Oh, now, right. Now, after last night, they play Vegas next, man. Who's going to fix the confidence in that room if the players are not? It, I mean, the only person it's up to is, is Tavares. And what can he do? And not just Tavares. And one very big personality in that room. Oh, I think it's big Mike. Mike. Babcock, and he's not doing nothing. Uh, he might be doing stuff, but it's not working. I'm not... Remember, I love Mike Babcock. I think he's a good coach. I'm not... the Italian sausage at the... Uh, yeah, the fr- friggin' unbelievable. Those Italian sausages at BMO wait, Field are un- friggin' unbelievable. Un- friggin' believable. Oh, wait, how are we going? He's really... See, Babcock's such a weird person because he's such a... He seems like I'd love to hang out with him because he's really funny. Like yeah. the whole Italian sock is really good, eh? Yeah. You know, this guy, he lives well. But then, just as a coach, he's just... Did, did you hear what Sean Fitzgerald said on the Steve Daniel podcast about his accent? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot mixed in. And th- so the whole thing is, is how does he still have it the way it is? And it was because doing, like, talking to these, these, these linguistic people that it indicates a very strong and stubborn personality. Mm. And it's just It's so funny Because that's just Him to a T Is something as little As his accent Yeah You There is no way in hell You cannot blame Mike Babcock There is no way in hell You can bl- You cannot blame Any of the players They're not trying Babcock isn't trying Anything new That's what I said Last night I said Listen I go The team is down 5 nothing Or 5-1 Spezza scored me I think at that point That was hilarious By the way Of course he did It had to be Spezza Try something new to spark something in your team. At the end of the day, even if this team came back, it was five, six, four. No one is, no one in their right mind would be happy with that result. No one in their right mind is going to be happy with this result. I don't know what he's preaching. I'm, I still think that he's preaching uh, some defense type first scheme. Apparently not. Apparently he likes fast pace, but. Being fast-paced has not—I don't think—has anything to do with defense. Um, look at the team you have. Tell me why you would play a defensive ski uh, system 
with this team. No reason. You gotta learn both sides of the ice. You gotta learn both sides of the ice. If it's bad he, now, I can't imagine what it's gonna be like in the new year when he does his stupid like. Or right, we're gonna play defense. No, uh, no deeks. No he he's, he's basically started that now, man. He'd rather win a game one nothing than win a game seven five. Hey Austin, that's unbelievable. Go. That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. I, I can't watch this. No, sorry. He'd rather lose a game one nothing than win a game 6-5 or something like that. Someone, I don't remember who said it. It's not acceptable. Like, you have the offensive talent that other teams probably wish they had, but you're not utilizing it properly. I don't mean to make this about Montreal, but if you look at Montreal's, how they're scoring and how it's by committee, that they are third in 5-on-5 in five five scoring. Right. And how they do it. And the fact that you have so many of these these high-octane offensive weapons in Toronto and how that's not working. There's something off about that. You know what's always been fascinating to me this season? Is how the power play has been... How has it been good? No, it's so, been oh, hold on, abysmal. Hold on, hold on. So this is something that's very weird to me. I would argue that it is more dynamic of a team offensively than the Florida Panthers have. And something is very weird to me that, is it Paul McFarland? Yeah, something's up that, there. That something's up there. He worked like that in Florida, but suddenly he comes to Toronto. No, something's up. And it's not working. I can't let me get that. Let me get let me get on that since you brought it up. I don't believe this is Paul, Mc, Paul McFarland. I don't. I believe that someone is running this. Someone I I'm gonna pretend to not name is running this power play. You trying to say about me? Eh? Yeah, I am. I am. That's exactly who I'm calling out. Well, you know, why is it? Good people, but uh, I don't like how he runs it, so I'm gonna do it my way. Yeah, yeah. Why is it that Paul McFarland can have the second best power play in the league in Florida? You gotta think about it like this, eh? Uh, you know, you go from uh, Mike I Hoffman. I want to think about nothing. No, like think about it. You go from Mike Hoffman, who is a fantastic story, to Austin yeah. Matthews. Yeah. And then you have Marner as as this amazing playmaker. Instead of an Aaron Eckblad, you have Tyson Berry who's there. And you say what you want about this. He has the ability to work a power play yes. from the back end. That is a fact. Yes. Right? So there just there's something going off here. There's something going on with the coaching. It's staff. Paul McFarland does not have control of this power play. That's it. It has to be it. There's no other question. There's sorry. There's no other possible thing that's coming in my mind. Why? How can you go from the second best power play in the league, arguably get better players, and then his power play doesn't work? They're still doing the stupid drop pass, which I don't understand how or why they do it. It's a Literally, last year, when did they start doing the drop pass? I don't even remember. Aren't they always doing it? Maybe. Maybe maybe they were. But it kind of worked at first because people weren't expecting it. Now people are predicting it. They Yo, can barely get do past... Do you remember when they first brought that up? Because the first game they had against... Mon it was against Montreal. It was the game where Toronto should have gotten their butts kicked, but Freddie saved them. And it was the first... It's when they first dropped out that power play. And it could not be stopped for the first 10 games of that season. Was that last year or that the year was, before? Yeah, last year because that was to, to, last year was Tavares' first year. Yeah, yeah. I truly believe Paul McFarland does not have control of this power play. I don't believe that a single bit because I like 
he's he thinks of things. There's no way he there's no way he's kind of just went from oh you know I'm in Toronto now I'm gonna slouch off. No way that went through his mind. No. Next thing. I brought him up earlier. Stop playing Cody CC twenty minutes a game. I'm not saying play Justin Hall. I'm not telling you to play Justin Hall on the first line, on the first defensive pairing. Put Travis Dermott there. Try something different. When we have a second, can we talk about that one goal? The one where Muzzin tripped someone. Yeah, that was just bad luck. No, no, no. Like, I want to talk about refs and that when he, when you when we can have them in the place. Oh, because they waited two minutes. No, the problem oh, is well, is they is that they, they they didn't realize what happened. They went reviewed it, said no, then went to Mike Sullivan. No, I don't think they him. reviewed it. They oh, can't no, they, review. They I don't think they can. No, they they looked at the screen. I don't think and they then can. They spent, no, they went to the box afterwards, then went to Sullivan, told him was up. Argued for a good few minutes until they figured out he could challenge it. By the way, I didn't know they could challenge it. I thought it was only being scored on. And then they spent all the time reviewing it, even though they were already looking at it. I understand if if you have to wait for it to be down, but that was done in way too slow. Because the game was over. It was so annoying. Yeah. But, but sorry, that was just about continuing with wraps. Go on. I just I just I remembered that and I feel yeah, like yeah. it needs to be mentioned. Cody CC is bad. It's clueless. <laughs> I don't know any other way to put it. Like, I feel bad saying it because he's an NHL player. Did you hear what Justin Bourne said on Hockey Central? Which uh, he's... He, uh, he said that if you put Cody CC through a skills test, he'd be awesome. But then when you put him out on the ice, you realize, oh, oh no. Right. He has no sense, which is a shame. Here's the thing. You want to complain about, oh, why would he get Cody CC? Uh... He already knows Mike Babcock's going to play him 20 minutes. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Number one, do you want Nikita Zaitsev for the next five years? No. Number two, Mike Bab- if Mike Babcock is a good coach or a great coach, he should know he should not play Nikita's, um, sorry, Cody Cece 20, over 20 minutes a game. Oh, but Alex, he's, uh, he's six foot when he steps on. I don't give a crap how tall he is. You see, Mitch, he may be uh, six foot, but you know, six foot two at fifty pounds when he's got uh, when he's got C- Caesar. What, what's his name? Caesar. When he's got uh, Caesar defending him out there. Who's Caesar? Oh, Caesar. Caesar's gonna, Caesar's gonna be Cece's oh, nickname in this podcast. The old Cece doing stuffy. I don't know what needs to happen. Actually, I do, but I don't think it's gonna happen. You don't think Bab? What's your a solution? S- okay, there's two solutions. Number one, the system needs something in the system needs to change. So Babcock needs to change. Yeah. Okay. Or he needs to get fired. That's the. Oh, those are the two solutions, and I don't see the first one ever happening. As you said, he's very stubborn. He, yeah, you have to have some level of respect for a man that sticks to his laurels. But I same do. Time. I I I have lots of respect for this coach for Mike Babcock, him as a coach. I I I just don't understand why we continue to go through this time, game and game again. That they look the same, they have the same problem. He looks. The team comes out, plays good for five minutes, gets scored on. They implode. 
then they play good for the last 10 minutes and everyone forgets about the the problems as if the game that you just watched didn't even happen the 50 minutes didn't even happen how ridiculous is that it's pretty bad i don't know i i don't even know what else to say actually i have one la- I, I have one last thing to, to say okay to the players Give a shit. I think it's the first time you've sworn on the show. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But they really do. Don't forget timestamp that so you can censor. I know. Yeah, they don't. It's not a thing of toughness. Let's stop with that. It's it's a fact it's of not. they I'm just done with don't that. care. Yeah, they don't. It doesn't you, look like they care. That group is too talented not to succeed. And it is, it is, it's purely that they, they clearly are not caring enough. So that's where I I get I get confused as to who to blame. Do we blame the players for not caring? Yes. And do we also blame Babcock for not changing? Yes. Okay. A big part of a coach's job is to motivate your team and he's not doing that. Correct. So I guess I'd like to get back quickly before we end the episode. I'd like to get back on a point that you brought up earlier. Okay. About Kyle Dubas, because I never actually got to explain it. Why I you can't put part of the blame on uh, Kyle Dubas. Oh boy. Uh, I just I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, I've just quickly checked my YouTube subscriptions. Yeah. And uh, one minute ago, LFR thirteen, and uh, I'm just gonna show you the thumbnail really quickly. He's screaming. Yeah. Is that is that from Red Dead? Oh uh, yeah, that's Dutch. For, oh, okay, I didn't see it. I, I just saw but it. Yeah, yeah. So, what is exactly how twenty views in a minute? Good for you, Steve. I get five in like a day. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and one of them are in this room. Oh, uh, yeah, the other that's one. true. Like, yeah. So, why do you blame Kyle Dubas? Here's the thing. I don't know if I blame Kyle Dubas directly for this. I get. I hate doing because I don't. At the end of the day, we've, we're already at the point where, you know what, why why do I have to keep looking back and blaming Kyle Dubas for the decisions he already made? They're made. Now we have to look forward. So, yes, I could blame him for the Marner contract. I can blame him for uh, waiting until December to sign Nylander. I can blame him for, like, these are things that I that are the reasons that I can blame him for. Yeah. Right. Like, Nylander could have been done in September, from what we hear. The we uh, had the whole um, Garrett Sparks, Pickard, and McElhaney situation, which was the right move to keep Sparks in the grand scheme. See, of the things, thing is, but... people don't agree with. Like, I, I, I've been talking to some people, and they don't agree with that. They yes. think that you don't mess with you. This is the reason that you that you don't mess with things that aren't broken. And I get that. But at the end of the day... Yeah, we've had that. I don't want to get to the debate. So there's re- things that you can pick and choose with Kyle Dubas. You look at the Barry trade. You say, Barry hasn't worked out. But if Kyle... I don't know why Barry isn't working out. On paper, he should work out, right? On paper, he's just... Uh, Merrick makes the good point of, of defensemen changing conferences is always a problem. But you think that would help him? The extra. In his case, I think that would help him. The way he plays is very, right? He's 
very offense first. Yeah, it's an Eastern. And game. I thought that was a neat. That's him being perfect for the East, but apparently not. I don't know if this is the coaching. I don't know if it's he's not put in the situations just like the goaltenders aren't put in good situations. Has he been put on the first power? Play no, he hasn't. That's a big problem. That's a huge problem. He should be tried like last night. If they, I think they got a power play. Why don't you try putting Barry on the first power play unit? You know, the guy who was feeding passes to Nathan McKinnon all of last year. Like, who knows? Like, Matt, like... It's so it's so frustrating. I like, and I I've told you that I told you this before. It's really frustrating watching this team, time and time again, play like horse poo. <laughs> and on paper, have a really good team. Yeah, it's really frustrating, and I don't expect sympathy from anyone. I just, it's just frustrating to see that, and I think it's time to panic. Well, I honestly think it's time to panic. It's going to be an interesting week, regardless. Uh, there's nothing new on Twitter, of course. Um, I, I guess I, it's a somber note to leave on, but um, I th- by the way, I think we named this episode "Refs Period" because I don't know what else to put. Um, time to panic. No, time to panic. We should time name the panic. episode. Um, but anyway. You listeners out there, um, if you liked today's episode, I think you should. I think it was a good episode, probably one of my favorites yet. You should uh, share the podcast. You should review it. You should rate it, leave a review of all that kind of stuff. You know what? Why not? Check out our Instagram page. Uh, get involved in the comments. We want uh, the boys going down there. So far, the only one that has any attention is the Don Cherry one. I'm pretty sure most of that is not from listeners. It's just people who saw the <laughs> hashtags. Yeah. Um. Shout, everyone tweet at Zach Boychuk telling him to come on the show. Uh, do you know if everyone really? And check out my HFRs. I will be shooting the one from last night's game when I get home. I have a lot of energy, but so that might be a bad video. But regardless, <laughs> um, hopefully I'm not being too quiet right now, but I just don't have a lot of energy. The show takes a lot out of me, Alex. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I'm tired. All right, well, thank you for listening, everyone, and we will see you in the next episode later this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the two on one podcast.